My name is Brian Lloyd. I am the movies editor of entertainment.ie. You are listening to the Revisit podcast. This episode, Virgin Media correspondent Richard Chambers and his movie of choice is Point Break. Point Break was released in 1991 and was directed by Catherine Bigelow. Now, odds are you probably only know this movie because of Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, maybe Hot Fuzz, possibly the terrible remake, might be the soundtrack, it might be the fact that Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers was in it, who knows. Originally the film was supposed to uh, enter production in 1986, that's how far back it was, and Catherine Bigelow had actually developed a script with her then-husband, James Cameron. Filming didn't get to take place for another four years, and in fact, the original cast, get this, was Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, and Charlie Sheen were all considered for the role of Johnny Utah, and in fact, Ridley Scott was going to direct it at one point. Yeah, but of course, that production fell through. So, Catherine Bigelow was just coming off the back of Blue Steel, which is this fantastic, fantastic, really, really underrated cop thriller with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, in fact. The original title was Johnny Utah, and if that doesn't sound like gay porn, I mean, let's be honest about it, Point Break does have a bit of a homoerotic thing going on, but if that was the title, Johnny Utah, I mean, that's got stud movie written all over it. Anyways, the studio felt that the title, this title, Johnny Utah, said very, very little about surfing. And by the time Patrick Swayze was uh, cast, they had thought of other names, like Riders in the Storm was another one. That was rejected. And then eventually this just got to point break because obviously the relevance to surfing and so on and so forth. Now, there is that thing of point break is on the surface, not a good film. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's, it's quite predictable. Keanu Reeves is, God bless him, acting his way out of it and not doing a great job. On top of that, do you really buy Patrick Swayze as a surf dude? I don't know. Like, I mean, this was like him in full Dirty Dancing era. I mean, he's a good actor. He really is. But I just didn't see him. I never bought him in this at all. Even with the hair, the bleach blonde hair and everything else, he just didn't look right. And plus as well, like, he's so kind of clean-cut All-American that I don't necessarily... I mean, I get that... They wanted him to be non-threatening in a kind of way. They wanted him to be this real pacifist. And he only kind of robs banks just to fund his lifestyle and so on and so forth. But I never really bought him in that kind of way. It is funny to think, though, in the middle of all of this is Gary Busey. Now, Gary Busey, if you're not aware, Gary Busey is quite, quite, quite well known in the surfing community. And the reason for that is, is that he was in a film called Big Wednesday. It was released in 1978. It was directed by John Milius. John Milius, if you don't know, he was basically the the basis for Walter Sobchak in The Big Lebowski. Anyways, Big Wednesday was based on the sort of true story of these surfers in Malibu. These young guys basically were facing into the Vietnam War, but they were still absolutely in love with surfing. And it starred Gary Busey and John Michael Vincent and William Catt. John Michael Vincent, if you don't know, he was the guy from Airwolf. And Big Wednesday became this real kind of cult hit, if you know that kind of way. Like, a lot of people kind of compared it to American graffiti. Anyways, Gary Busey was one of the characters in it. He was one of the main characters in it. And he has always been associated with surf culture. So to get him in for Point Break, I think, was trying to lend it an air of credence. 
But he's, I mean, Gary Busey is fantastic in it. And another underrated character in it as well is John C. McGinley, who people will know as Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs. He plays FBI director Ben Harp. And my God, I mean, if ever there was a guy who is not firing on all cylinders, I have yet to see it. Because John C. McGinley is given 120% in this film. And it is just a feckin' joy to watch. I have never seen anybody say, you have done squat, squat, with more emphasis. Like, even saying, like, young, dumb, and full of cum. That is just such a James Cameron line, but... The intensity, the the actual conviction of it, the way he just is like, I am in a 90s action film, cash me in, I am all in. Like, it's fantastic. So, to go back to it, I mean, like, Point Break, I mean, look, it's become a cult hit. The soundtrack probably did help a lot. I think it's like a cult theatre thing, it's like a live theatre thing, where basically a guy is pulled out of the crowd and is meant to play Keanu Reeves' role in it. And then all the other announcers actors and they're playing along with him. And the guy has to read like cue cards up to kind of get the whole thing. I'll, I'll say this. The action sequences in this are fantastically directed. And I think that really does speak to Catherine Bigelow's command of action and editing as well. And you look at something like, and this is going to seem like a stretch, but you look at something like The Hurt Locker or you look at something like K-19 The Widowmaker. You really understand that Catherine Bigelow has this ability to really kind of grasp masculine relationships in high pressure situations and how they bounce off each other and that there's all this sort of egotism and anger and all this unfocused rage and obviously in Point Break that's not really kind of explored in any great detail but it's just kind of bubbling underneath the surface you know that kind of way it's always just sort of there like you get this feeling in Keanu Reeves performance I think anyway that so much of him is wrapped up in lost potential that you know this whole thing that he was going to be this football player and tore his knee out and blah 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 and he's really angry about it and stuff and that kind of funnels his rage when he sees the ex-presidents living their life to the full and he can't do that anymore I always thought that kind of informed his performance to a certain amount I mean even here in Ireland it's had an impact do you remember the band The Galaxy Michael Pope great band and they had one of their one of their music videos I think it was Love System they actually wore the masks from Point Break so it's a good film it's not a great film I think it's a good film in that you can watch it and you can enjoy it and it is very much a non-taxing role and as Richard Chambers will attest to it's the kind of film that you can turn on watch it enjoy it and not have to think too hard about it. So, here now, my guest, our movie, Richard Chambers, Point Break. I have this theory that when people say a film like Point Break, Mm. more often than not, there are a couple of reasons behind it. Now, you being, you know, the housewife's favourite, being, you know... But, like, you know, yeah, you are. Like, I mean, like, no, like, you're on the news and you're telling everybody what's going on and how we're all affected. It is that kind of thing of you want something brainless. I do. I actually think it's the perfect film for the times so that we're in. Yeah. It is. It's my COVID film. Because really? it, it was actually myself and my housemates, we, we sort of started a little film club oh, nice. once lockdown had begun. I think this is the second film we watched after any given Sunday. Wow. Which was also amazing. 
Yes. But it was just, I just found it perfect. And it is kind of brainless. And the smart stuff in it, or the stuff which is, which, which, which Patrick Swayze as Bodhi is putting out yeah. there is this philosophical depth. Oh, he's got an ideology. Like. Is, it is, yeah, man. All these, all these guys going by in their metal coffins on the freeway. Come on. We've got to show them that the human spirit is still alive. <laughs> And it's great. I love it. It's it's brilliant. I just love it's it's. Do you know what the concept of the film? Yeah. Point Break. It's like one of those fake films that you see on The Simpsons. Yeah. Because they're surfers who are also the ex-president right. who are robbing banks. It's Nightboat. And it's they're jumping. Yeah, exactly. It's nightboat, nightboat is boat. perfect. That's it's it. a perfect comparison. It's like you know the boat who stops crime. Yeah. That's it. Like that's that's but what wait, Point there's Break. There's a canal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's a fjord. <laughs> I mean, did you? I mean, I, I don't know how it was for you, but I know the first time I saw Point Break was like probably in the mid 90s on Network 2 mm. at about 10 o'clock at night with my brother in our bedroom in bunk beds. Yeah. When was the first? Can you remember the first time you saw Point Break? Yes. And this is going to shock you. I'm a latecomer to Point Break. Oh, wow. I've only seen I only saw Point Break for the first time. It was probably 2015, I'd say. Wow. I went that long without seeing it. Why was like that? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I never, it never crossed my radar, really. I don't know how. Because, I, mean, like, I mean, I know the type of films you're talking about that yeah. were always on Network 2, like like Con Air and yes. Air Force One, obviously. Or Robocop or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Those ones are constantly on repeat. I never, for whatever reason, Point Break never pops up whenever we were watching TV. And, like, and yeah, I mean, was it just a case of, like, I mean, because, you know, there are some people that just, like, when they were of that age, they weren't watching films. They were, like, I don't know, playing video games or they're playing sports or doing something. Was it something like that for you? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I think it was a lot of sport. It was a lot of watching and playing sport, probably. And then, yeah, I think that was it. I just don't know. It's one of those weird ones. Like, you know the way that everybody has, like, some classic films. I'm not putting Point Break in the classic films no. category. Although, maybe, maybe, it, maybe, it is, maybe it is. It is. It is a, it's, it's a beloved film, not a it classic is. film. I, you know people always have those ones you know when those IMDB lists of like 100 films how many of them have you seen some have some everybody has some clangers in there I've never seen Godfather or yeah. Star Wars or whatever yeah. That's that was my one that I hadn't seen of films that people talk about and tell me this now because I would think and again this is goes this goes to you Richard Chambers is that like you know you are this like you know news reporter very very serious covering political topics covering you know pandemic crisis covering all this kind of thing what is it about this film that is it just the brainless factor of it or is it the fact that there's something kind of like rebellious about it or something I think it's really really well done it is it's, it's a, a really well directed excellent film. tight film yeah it's kind of and if you sort of look of, look at it it is I actually think it's it's the best bad movie ever made yeah like the quality that Catherine Bigelow brought to it in terms of the set pieces, which are amazing, I mean, the foot chase. Fantastic. Swayze throws a dog at Keanu Reeves. You know, the, the, the parachute scene, amazing. The, even the end scene. I, the end scene is one of my favourite scenes that's ever been committed to film. It's, it's, Just because it's so ridiculous. It's so... How is he an FBI agent? First of all, I'm going to have to come back to the idea of Johnny Utah, who's this college football star. Mm-hmm. Who literally was on the way to the NFL, played in the Rose Bowl, won the game, all conference. And he just goes... I'm not just going to become a cop. I'm going to become an FBI agent after studying law. It's revealed in the film that he and his partner, Gary Busey, who of course. is astonishingly good in this film. Utah, are, are, get me two. <laughs> get me two. Get me two. two. It's great. Yeah. The worst cops of all time. And they're not even just cops. They're FBI They're FBI. They're agents. fucking FBI. Yeah. Like they're the worst FBI agents out there. And then for whatever reason, at the end of the film, he goes to Australia or wherever yeah. it is. 
for, I don't know how he does gets the jurisdiction to do this yeah. and he's there telling all the Australian fans back like, off back I've off. got him I've got this man he ain't going anywhere <laughs> via con Dios bro you got, that's the way it's gotta be you gotta come in it's, and he just lets him go and he just lets him die like, like he's just like fair. just like yeah I'm going to let this witness I've come all the way to Australia yeah. to pick up Bodie and like it's like no I'm gonna let him die here like like that's crazy just watch and smile he looks, he looks at the end he looks at the waves and he smiles after throwing his badge away. Is it, oh, because yeah, I was going to say, is it that thing, you, Richard Chambers, do you sometimes look out on the waves and think of, like, you look at your, like, Virgin Media mic and you're like, just yeah, throw yeah, it, just throw it, just away. Throw it all away. Done. And you want to be a surfer. Too much. There's you too be much misery. Well, I mean, I grew up in, in Lynch and County Clare around surf. So surf actually probably has a bit of an interest in yeah. it for me. I mean, that's definitely part of it. That whole surf culture. Like... I mean, we didn't have Anthony Kiedis. No, punching, 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 punching fellas out like you know. Yeah. Were they Nazi surfers? By they the were. Way? Yeah, they lived only to get radical. They knew nothing about the spirituality of surfing. They seemed yeah. like Nazis to me. Yeah, no, they were totally Nazis. They looked like they go around holding tiki torches and yeah, Jews do, will not replace us. Yeah, no, they yeah, were bad people, bad, bad guys. Bad. Which I didn't really associate with surfing up until no, this I, point. I didn't know that like there Who was knew? this. Yeah, it's, I remember like the first time you seen it, I was like, oh, that's Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili. Oh, oh. Oh, he's a he's a he's a Nazi. Yes. Oh, oh no, I don't know how do I feel. Um, I think though, and again, this is a this is a question I've always kind of wondered about Point Break because it's directed. I mean, here we are, we're two men. Um, it is a very male dominated film. Like yeah. it's really all about like you know surfing and they're playing football. Male bonding is kind of the main theme of the film. Yet it's directed by a woman. Yeah, like it's directed by a woman, and like if you didn't know it was directed by a woman, you would watch that film and just think. Oh yeah, this is totally normal. Like yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even the idea of a woman directing it wouldn't even enter into your brain. I think is is really I funny. I think so. I just think, but like I mean, you just think the career Catherine Bigelow then had, but just some of the stuff that was brought into it. I think yeah, it is very it's very laddie the film. Yeah. All right, it is kind of laddie. It is, but like some of the techniques and stuff. I just I mean I this is one of those things where people like try like, try to intellectually elevate something they really love to try and make and you make can't. it make it seem appropriate. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. some of the shots, like some of the the long tracing shots, the the they had the for the foot chase scene. That was one of the first times they ever shot it like that with the whole run. It was it's it holds up. It's, yeah, it's actually and I actually think that's one of the strong points of the film. Like, and we'll come to like the whole buddy thing of it because that is that's one hundred percent. That's the most romantic yeah. thing in the film it is, is. Bodie. And Johnny Utah. Forget Laurie Petty. It's yeah, she's, she, that's yeah, bit part player. Yeah, sadly, she's a great actor. But the whole like, just the way it was put together is just so really impressive. Mm. And it's just like I just think it's you actually could tell me that was shot in twenty twenty, and it's one of those rare action films which actually it, it doesn't get blown to bits by oh they don't why didn't they just you know use their phones or something <laughs> why didn't they Google who <laughs> robbed the banks who are the ex presidents. Someone's got to have a theory on social media. Quick, let's go to Twitter. I mean, they definitely would. Imagine, actually, that is probably one of the things, actually. Imagine it happened now. There would be a huge thing about it. These ex-president masks running around the place. It'd be the same as, like, Speed. Like, Speed could not exist in our world. No. It just couldn't. Because, like, somebody on the fucking bus would have Instagram. And it would be Instagramming live the whole thing. And then they'd figure out that there's a camera up there. Like, what's this thing doing? Oh, yeah. there's a gimmick here. Speed to speed. Speed was my second choice. Was it really? Speed was my second choice. Do you have a bit of a thing for Keanu Reeves? Like? I think I think Keanu Reeves' badness. I don't know. He's not a bad actor, but his badness in the early nineties was absolutely perfect for both of those. Correct. Roles. It was so perfect. Like the sort of his line readings in it are so unsure, but they yeah. play so perfectly into this quarterback. 
Blue surfer. flame special guy. Blue flame special. Come on, like. Uh, we have an asshole shortage. And actually, that's that's one of the be- his best line deliveries in it. When when, when John C. McGinley, as, what is it, Captain Hart or whatever it is, the, you know, yeah. the angry you captain. have a done yeah. squat, squat. <laughs> he pulls, he's pulls like, we, uh, we must have had an asshole shortage. Utah just goes back to him. Not so far. Oh, it's and so... I was like, I don't even, like, I know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Which is like, well, it doesn't seem like that to me. Or, or whatever. But it's just like, that's just weird. It's retort. so... It's, and like, even the other thing that I loved about it was, was that, uh, yeah, there are so many moments in it that were done, I, I, I think, anyway, I think that were done just because, hey, that sounds really cool. Or that's quite funny. We should just put that in there. Yeah. Like the bit where they get him to go down, they get him like Gary Busey has to go down and pick up like two bricks and bring them back up. Like totally, like that. That was just like, hey, Gary Busey, can you go underwater for a really long time? Yeah, cool, go do that then. Do and we'll that just, stuff. We'll just have this scene here where you're going to do that. Um, let's talk about John C. McGinley because I feel John C. McGinley is really uh, not valued in this film for his commitment in each and every scene that he's in. Like, he's like I I really like John C. McGinley. I think he's one of those actors that like yes, he is very theatrical. Yeah, but my God, like he is if he's not firing on all cylinders, no. he needs he, to make his mark every he time. He needs to just overload it. He's in the same scenes with Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey. Gary Busey, renowned scenery tour. Yeah, gets completely blown to pieces by Hasn't, John C. McGinley. And I just I just I, I do admire his commitment to it. He must think like. I'm better than this. I need more big roles. I need to step up. I've had a load of these sort of roles. Yeah. All the way through. This is this. I need to, you know, show them what I'm, what I'm and about. Up, like. And it, it never really happened, I suppose. But memorable quotes. I mean, it's left, right and center. It's yeah. I mean, like young, dumb, full of calm. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the iconic one. That I is mean, the it iconic is. one. It's, I, but all the tropes around that as well, because like I mean, obviously you have the angry captain trope from from McGinley. Mm-hmm. You have the the two rival partners who are like, "Hey, hey, Angelo, tell him your theory." Yeah, come They're on, surfers. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's great work. It is, isn't it? Like it's it's a film that is built on tropes. Like it is really like the Transformers of '90s cop movies, because you've got like as you say, you've got the angry captain. Yeah. You've got like you know the the criminal and the cop and they're just the same people it's yeah. you know opposite sides That's like kind of like heat yeah and then you've got like you know the love interest but we're not sure if they're actually gonna get together yeah. kind of stuff like, is she gonna betray him and then they have the, oh, the 90s film trope of or maybe it's 80s as well the whole we need to bond these guys together yeah so we're gonna play sports on the beach that's what they're gonna do they're gonna play American football the all American game yeah. like and it, it, there's a great psychological moment in that though where Bodie at the end of it is like, don't you know who that is? That's Johnny Utah. He beat SC in the Rose Bowl. Oh man, Johnny Utah. Why like, is he undercover? He's undercover as an FBI agent. But they know that he's like And they gone. know he's, he know he's, he didn't change his name. And not even that as well, but I'm amazed that like all these surf dudes have that in-depth of a knowledge of college football. Yeah. I mean, I know college football is big in the US, but like to the point Mate, of like... Yeah, it's still... To, to point him out and be like hey that's Johnny Utah who yeah. was in the Rose Bowl and that's like, that guy yeah that's you him you won't recognise him without his helmet that's what it is yeah that's it once he's like oh my god it's Johnny Utah yeah. I can see him um, talk about I mean it, it's it's we were we, were, we kind of touched on this the idea of it's a film about bonding about mm. male bonding and we were talking to uh, Hazel Chu about Top Gun wow in the same kind of sentence and that same kind of idea of like Top Gun, I think, is more pointed. Yes. But in this, you still do kind of have that real... It's not as 
present as as it is in Top Gun, but there is a, a, a hint of homoeroticism in it. There is. I mean, it's it a is. Hint. I, it's already, a hint. I already described it as sort of like it's the most romantic thing in the film. The, they're bonding. It really is. And like Utah just sees in Bodie, played by Patrick Swayze, in what is one of the great performances of the 90s. I yeah. don't say that with any hint of oh, irony. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. This is brilliant. This is a guy just like, he knows it's an amazing role. He's just committed fully to his character. He's what? jumping out of planes nonstop. Come on, like. But like he shows he shows Utah everything that Utah wants. secretly wants. Yeah. You know? That freedom. Yeah. You know? That having a principle. That he's not some, you know, guy for Captain John C. McGinley to kick around. Yeah. You know? It's 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 a beautiful thing. And I th- I think it's 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 all sort of summed up that whole bonding thing when obviously they have the chase scene where Utah ends up Blasting Firing into the, the air going up in the air Yeah In an iconic scene Taken off by However many films Including Hot Fuzz Yeah um, Obviously they recognise each other He knows that it's It's Bodhi And so even after that They do the whole Plane jumping scene hmm. And Utah jumps out Without a parachute And catches up with the guys How did And then they do all that? hold hands And they all have a great time Because it's like Do you know what we're all in I'm it together. Still, he's, it's 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 almost like an abusive relationship for, yeah. for for Utah. He's like the guy's tried to kill him. He's tried to kill. He's like, well, he doesn't know yet that he's obviously taken Laurie Palmer or sure, yeah, Laurie Petty, yeah. Laurie, Laurie Petty um, hostage. But like, he knows he's a bad guy. Yeah, people have died because of him. Yet he still wants to be with him. I'm gonna like. grab his hands and we're all gonna float down to the ground majestically. It's it's crazy. Like, it's funny though. But like, I think about like. I think of other kind of like think of something like say Lethal Weapon for example or if you think again to go back to speed you know very few films I hope this is how this podcast always works that everything is just brought back to speed it's like to, we'll just to judge a certain everything degree, off, yeah, off yeah. I feel like we should have talked because I could talk about fucking speed all day <laughs> but um, Dennis Hopper like what a legend but no in that idea of trying to make trying to make the villain <clears throat> a bit more believable or not yeah. even believable but like you kind of like when you're watching Bodhi go through this all, you're sort of like, okay, he's, you know, they're really smart. They only rob whatever they need. Yeah. They know. They never go for the vaults. They, ne- they don't burn time in the vault. Yeah. yeah. They know where the die packs are. And, you know, they're seasonal. Like, they're, they're like you know, his whole theory that, like, like it is that thing of like Bodhi. I, you mentioned this already, but Bodhi is that thing of like, we all want that freedom. We all mm. want that thing of like, Little hand time says it's time to rock and roll, and this we're just, is what boom, it is. We're doing it like, and they, I mean, they, they sort of stack him up as some uh, as sort of a Robin Hood ish fellow. I mean, he doesn't redistribute his sure. wealth. He uses it somehow. He somehow uses all this money that's robbed from banks to finance surfing and dumping out of planes, which I don't know if he needs all that much. But who knows? I mean, oil prices back then. Who knows? Like, could have been. But like, he he makes the point. No, no, we're not going to hurt anybody. I don't like violence. Obviously, it's later revealed that he does kind of like violence. But he's like, oh yeah, all the money's insured. We're not here to hurt anybody, you know? Yeah, this you're not going to lose a dime. This is, again, yeah. this is rebelling against the system is what it is. Yeah, and there is... A, yeah, I mean, that's funny as well because there is the thing of, like, as much as he kind of claims to be, as a, like, a pacifist and, like, it's all about, you know, being the biggest dog in the in the, in the the alley and all this kind of stuff. But he is robbing money from people and he is terrifying people and he also is doing it because he enjoys mm. it. Like, he wants the rush. Yeah. And it's that thing of, like, his ideology is found to be ultimately false like yeah i mean it, it is i mean i, I know th- i know we're really intellectualizing we're, we're really going we're, deep we're stretching we're it going so bad. straight into yeah <laughs> we're, we're stretching this into his you know left lobe of, of Bodhi's brain here i mean it is and it's like he i think 
there's, 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 there's a lot to sort of dig into there on that. Like, I mean, we are pseudo-intellectualising the whole thing. But, like, is he flawed in the end? I mean, does he is he that much of a hypocrite about it with the whole... I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think he, I think he fully believes it. And I think that his des- the desperation he shows right at the end, where he's like, just let me go. Just let me surf this wave. This yeah. 50-year storm. Just let me get out of it. I yeah. mean... He's 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 going down he's going down dying with his ideology. I mean, apart from obviously he sacrificed the ideology of never going near the vault. Sure, at yeah. The end, but I, th- I think he realized that the jig was up. Yeah, I think that was kind of desperation. That was That's, a desperation move. But like, yeah, like that whole thing of like it's you know it's what's the, what's the line he says, and it's a great line actually. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing tragic about dying doing something oh, yeah, you yeah. love or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. like that's a good line. That's a really good line. It's great. Yeah. yeah. That's what it says. You can't experience the ultimate without being willing to pay the ultimate price. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's great. It's very. He's legit. amazing. He's amazing. It's it's just the most. It's actually one of the most fun performances to ever watch. It it is one of those ones where when any time he's on the screen or the first time he turns up about whatever you're just sucked in. I actually applaud. Yeah. I applaud and I'm like yes. Even like even Roadhouse like or even like Dirty Dancing yeah. like like he is one of those actors I think that and very few actors really they try to get at it but mm. he has it now he has screen presence. He's unbelievable. He's one of the most magnetic charismatic yeah. people who's ever walked on screen and especially that run there from the late 80s through to the 90s ghost yeah. as well yeah incredible yeah like he's just he's just like you can't teach that no that's what i'm saying yeah that's it it's real like it's not about like you know having all the emotions or being able to show it or give a great performance or mm. any other stuff he actually just does have presence when you see him yeah. on screen your attention goes to him and you're you're rooting for him yeah. as well you absolutely do root for these lads even if he's like again even if he's a bit of a hypocrite yeah. even if he is you know, shooting people and enjoying himself while he's doing it. Like, you still actually care about him. What is your favourite scene? Jesus Christ. Um, I Like, I mean, you, you have to pick. I think it probably is the foot chase scene. Yeah. It, it is unbelievable. And, the, I mean, the dog gets thrown at him. You do have that scene where Utah blows out his knee again. Yeah. His all football oh! injuries back. Oh! And it's just the, the, the focusing on, you know, Bodie's there in his Reagan mask, and you just mm. see his, you see his eyes. He sees him. He's, he knows. Oh my God, this guy is finally there. He, he's. he's I, I, I can't believe he's a fed. Yeah. And and just the shooting into the air is ridiculous. I mean, it is either that or the ending scene. The yeah. ending scene, actually, I think the ending scene, if I'm honest, is probably the one for me. I just find it there's something just so ridiculous about it. And, uh, and Look at play- him when he comes back in. <laughs> it's, it's like great work. Why are all the cops in this film so terrible? They are actually all ter- like they are all bad cops. Like I mean, the, bad the, cops. the the iconic bad cop scene is is the is the with steak the out with the with the no with the with the with the sandwiches. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 you yeah, talk yeah. at me too. Yeah, like and he's like Utah comes back and is like, yeah, did you see that? See that Lincoln? That kid, yeah, that kid took my radio. Have you seen yeah. him? Yeah. What the hell? How do these guys get to becoming the FBI agents? It's ridiculous. But like, yeah, everybody in the, it, it, those are, they're, they're, it's actually, it sort of set the way for, it's it's kind of the pre-runner for the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh God, I, yeah, I 100%. In, in terms of those massive set piece scenes, that's why it is so difficult to pick a favourite scene. Mm. Because there's so many of them which are even great. Even go back to like the beach football scene. Great scene. Amazing. It yeah. goes on for way too long. About seven or eight minutes. But again, it's that thing of like, it's, everyone's having a good time. Like, yeah. I, I, I always feel like when you watch Point Break, you're having a good time. Really? What? That's what it is. It's I think a really that's good why, time. why I, it sort of resonates with me as the film for watching during COVID. Yeah. Because it is a really like, 
There's no there's there's no like there's no bad vibes. There's no bad vibes. There is no bad vibes. There's no downers in it. Yeah. It's kind of just great. It's just really comfort watching. It's really enjoyable. It's really amazing a- performance across the board. We haven't even bare, barely talked about Gary Busey, who is Yeah, let's talk about Gary Busey. Let's just get into that really quickly. Yeah. Um Gary Busey and like I mean I know there's a whole history with him and surf movies, mm. like when he did, I think it was Big Tuesday with John yes, Millius yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like but his performance in it, it's like he was parachuted in from another film. Yeah. And it was it, it's almost like it's in like he was doing some other film and the camera just happened to pan and yeah. catch him. Just just doing a legit cop movie yeah. maybe or something like that. And he's just Yeah, he's he's perfect in it. I think he's. I think he's. I think it's just. It's just perfect for what the film is. Yeah, he, he, he's very believable as the older bedraggled cop. Obviously, he shouldn't obviously be in the FBI. We've got to that point. Already, I feel. Like, yeah, I feel like he would have been like a station chief, or he would have been some kind. I feel like he would have been higher up the scale I'd love than to he see, was. I'd love to follow him, and like there should have been a sequel where they just followed him and what 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 awful precincts he gets assigned to after he's booted out of the FBI last. Yeah, he, and like, he ends up in like. Wisconsin it's like a Fargo sort of sequel almost and shit I would watch that I would watch Gary Busey's character from Point Break in a sequel set in Wisconsin he's telling war stories about how he knew they were surfers all along yeah which is in- incredibly ridiculous yeah like I don't like yeah oh like the whole thing of like it's seasonal like that's just like that's where you go from surfers how can he tell the tan line like it's a black and white camera the resolution is is diabolical potato yeah, yeah. And Not even He's there Yeah and There's sand I mean they are in California There's going to be sand Doesn't like, have to be a surfer And there's going to be tan lines as well Yeah like, I Come mean, on How do you Like it's ridiculous Doesn't it's, matter and Everything like, from that point Is totally believable You have to Yeah up to that point Yeah and like plus as well you get, I, I, I at least appreciate the fact That the other FBI agents Were giving them a hard time Because like look yeah, there's no way you think these yeah. are surfers. Like. At least they're 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 selling how ridiculous it is, and I think that's actually one of the key points of the film as well. Like it knows that it's a bit. It does. Stupid. It does. And it, it really leans into it and maximizes that. And again, like you you go back to Fast and Furious, like, and I mean, yes, Fast and Furious is essentially a takeoff of Point Break yeah. because you still have the character being drawn into this world and kind of you know the wildness of it and blah 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 blah, but. I always found there is a sense of humour in Point Break. Mm. There is a, an awareness of this is all kind of yeah. stupid. I mean, it has to be when you're running Keanu as 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 you are. Yeah, and like John C. McGinley just swinging for the fences. Yeah, but then you go look at uh, you go look at Fast and the Furious, and Fast and Furious is not. I don't want to say it's serious, but like there's no humour to it. It's. I actually feel like that's what they've done in Fast and the Furious now. That they've split it into like Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, because that brought the humor out. That was almost that was a, that was just a cartoon. That was you know, so yeah, slapstick comedy yeah. all the way through, like yeah, and that's what they went for. The rest of them are just they are kind of serious. humorless. Yeah, yeah they not, are a bit dry these days. Yeah, and I, I love f- the early ones, but now it's just got yeah, it's like it's like how much CGI can we Up fit to in? Fast Five is where it was. Yeah, yeah, Fast Five. I think yeah, when they started kind of going into the whole thing of like oh we're precision drivers and it went all kind of military. I was like ah. Come on, like it's like come on, come on, just go back, back to Tokyo. Get go back, back to, to get back to drifting. Come on, like, you drift. To, that's it. Like Tokyo drift. Get little bow wow. He was in Tokyo drift. He was like one of the guys in Tokyo drift, and like getting Ludacris in as well. Like Ludacris loves those films. Yeah, he's 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 the man for those. But like, I mean, I, yeah, you can see the spiritual runnings yeah. all the way from Point Break through to those. But like, I just think it was it's kind of did set the tone for modern Definitely. action. It really did. Did you see the reboot? 
No. Don't. I watched the YouTube trailer of it. Don't. And I was like, what's the... Co-? It doesn't. It doesn't get with the idea of what the, fil- the original film was about. No. What's the point? Yeah. It's terrible. It's it's objectively terrible. And not terrible in the way that, like, a bad good thing. Yeah. It's just bad. That's exactly how I experienced Money Plane. Was that it was... I thought it was going to be bad good instead of just bad bad. And it, is it bad bad? It's bad bad bad. Wow. Yeah. Not even bad bad entertaining No, bad? no, no. There was... Well, Kelsey Grammer was pretty... I've he heard like, he was ridiculous yeah, in it. Yeah. That, that was the only bad good. That I was, would... I would watch it for him Barely in it Ah feck Yeah Ah oh, well then Clearly recorded all that, Like most of the actors Now record all their scenes In a day I'd say Oh completely Yeah They literally looking. just like Walk in like Alright okay I've got a hard out of five But even here. Even Money Plane Definitely took some inspiration From the wonder That was Point Break And it, that's it I mean it is Point Break is, is Absolutely a cultural touchstone Without a doubt Final question You've said that your favourite scene Was the uh, Chase sequence in it is there one line in Point Break that you hold that you hold close to your heart? How do you like? Yeah, how do you pick from like? I, I mean, know there's so many to choose from. Like, I mean, or is there a line that makes you laugh every time you hear it? And you just, I just, I, I just love Via Condios. I just think it's just so. I was just like, this is just <laughs> stop, stop the film. It's too much sometimes. It's great. I mean, all the Blue Flame special stuff at the start is great. Yeah, it's perfect. Introduce the cops, sort of stuff. I just yeah, Viacom Dios is always it's just such a one liner thing for me. I, yeah. just, I just absolutely just whatever whenever it's on, it's just like that's that's amazing. Perfect. You start saying it as well. Oh yeah, sometimes you, yeah, like, you know, Diaz, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, perfect. It's it's beautiful. It just it again it just sums up the the wonderful brainless magic of that film. Yeah, Viacom Dios, Richard Chambers. Viacom Dios, Brian. My thanks to Richard Chambers for coming in and doing that. Point Break, great, great film. Great, great chat with Richard Chambers. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the next episode.